guess that's my, my introduction music. In life, uh, we're all just trying to find our way. Growing up, I had a lot of different dreams. Uh, when, I, when I was little, I, I dreamed that I would be a, a car salesman, just like my dad. Um, I, I remember when I was little, prob uh, probably this tall, I put a tie on that probably went down to my legs, uh, or down to my knees, uh, but I still remember the feeling of, I'm, I'm going to be like dad. That was a good thing. Uh, at some point, I decided I, I really want to be a, a professional basketball player, because basketball was fun, and I'd I'd practice out in my driveway and shoot fadeaways, and I was, I was as good as Michael Jordan in my driveway. <laughs> but then I realized when I played with other people, I actually wasn't that good, so I thought, well, I'll just be a coach. That'll, that'll be easier. Um, then I can tell people what to do. You don't have to be, you don't have to be good to be a coach. Um, so then I thought, <laughs> I'll be, uh, don't tell the, the kids that I'm coaching that. Uh, yeah, they're here. Great. Now, now they know my secret's out. Uh, I thought I would. I thought I would be a teacher because well, you get the summers off, you know, and you don't have to work very hard. <laughs> I'm just losing votes left and right. <laughs> uh, then I thought I would be a fireman because they they help people, and and then I thought I'd be a youth minister because uh, a youth minister came and and gave me support, and I thought I, I want to be like him. Uh, well, then uh, growing up, I also had challenges. Now, not not challenges that were that bigger than than many others. Uh, I would say some of them were, were fairly fairly large, but but you know not the end of the world. Uh, and I, I'm thankful for those uh, those challenges. They they helped me to see there was a, a need in the world. And the last thing, the most important thing that I had, not dreams or challenges, but support. I had people supporting me from a very young age who told me that they loved me, who told me that I mattered. And and when I look at my challenges, well that that feel like felt like a big deal. But because I saw a need in my challenges and I felt the support that I could do something, I wanted to make a difference with my life. And I, and I don't know if I, if I have or I will, um, or on what level, but I have always believed that I can, I can do something, not because of self-confidence, but because other people supported me and loved me. But my question is, what happens when, when those, those people, uh, maybe they have challenges or, or maybe not, they have dreams, but they don't have support. What happens to those people? And I, I think we see it. Those people will get into unhealthy relationships uh, because, well, even if, even if it's a relationship that's unhealthy to them, they just found value in some way. Um, maybe they, they get addicted because there has to be more to life uh, than, than what they're experiencing. They don't feel value. They don't feel support by anyone else. So they have to find some kind of happiness or fulfillment in some way. Is accepting that people are largely who they are because of their uh, experiences and because of the people around them, the support that they may or may not have received, I think that allows us to be compassionate. That allows us to be understanding. It, it allows us to understand the abuser, someone who is abusing themselves um, or, or maybe other people. Why, could they, why are they that way? Well, there's, there's a reason probably. Uh, to the abused, someone who, uh, again, maybe they abuse themselves or maybe they're allowing themselves to be in a relationship that they are verbally or physically abused. Why, could, why would they allow that? Well, there's, there's probably a reason, the value, the support. And so this morning, we're going to look at, at how to help others find a better way. Today, we look at a story of, of two brothers, uh, each trying to find their own way. In one's life, one of the two brothers, he, he probably looked like 
many people in the church. Now, I'm not saying that he was like the people in the church, not like all of us, but it pro- he probably looked similar. And then the other brother probably looked like people who were not coming to church. Again, this is perception. Uh, and I'm going to talk a lot about the, the two brothers as we, as we move forward. So we're going to look in Luke chapter 15. In, in just a second here. In your bulletin, you'll see that it's not a normal outline like I usually just work through. Uh, this time, I'm, I'm just, I have a note page basically for you. There are four people on your bulletins, turn your bulletins, that you can just take notes uh, of who these people are. And so we'll begin in Luke chapter 15, uh, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered this, this, muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Now I'm going to skip the first two stories, and then we're going to come down to the third one in verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to the father. All right, we're going to pause there in the story. The younger brother, uh, maybe you wanted some adventure or excitement or just something different. You, you would have said to him, no, that's a bad idea. Don't, don't do that. Uh, you, you probably would have, would have said, no, this isn't going to end well. We would have told him our, our, our stories, our experiences, and, and what we did and, and how that worked out for us. But you know what almost always happens? They've got to find out for themselves. They've got to do it anyway. And, and that, that appears to be what this younger brother did. And, and because he messed up, because he didn't take the right path in life, um, life is harder. You may, this may be you. This may have been you. This may be you right now. Um, this might be someone that you know. It might be a child. I don't know who this is. But life is harder because of, of, of the way that this person went out and tried to do his own thing. And, and you see what happens when, when, uh, when people maybe take the wrong path. They leave the church. They don't go to school. Uh, they just try to, to figure it all out on their own. And, and it might include a lot of fun. Um, well, then they just try to get by. And we, I think we allow that to happen. I think we look around and we see people all around us who have made mistakes, and now they're just living in it. And we just let them try to get by. See, the younger brother is fine just being a servant. He's just trying to get by. He, he's not looking for that adventure anymore. He's not looking for, uh, for a name or, or, or for all this uh, excitement or this perfect life. No, he, he just wants to get by. Do we lose all of our dreams, all of our childhood dreams, because of our mistakes or our problems? I don't think so. I think we just lose our self-worth, our value. See what he says? He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I am no longer worthy. 
why do people live the way they do? When they go out and do things on their own and they leave the church and they do what they're not supposed to do, and, and then all of a sudden they're just trying to coast through the rest of life and get by. And we allow it. We have people around us who have nothing but, but guilt. The younger brother, he knew better. He, he, he didn't care. He did his own thing. And now he's, he's living in shame. He's, he's suffering from this. So what is our first response naturally? I told you so. Hey, you got yourself into this. You, you figure out a way out of it. At best, we are enabling people to continue in these ways of life, to continue in, in, the, in this life cycle. But the Father, he does things way differently. The Father representing God, it says, I'm going to continue on in the scripture, it says this, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son, of, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Because we can't forgive people and, until they apologize, right? Well, before he could even get the apology out, the father interjects and he says to the servant, uh, next slide, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. That went well. You know, I mean, to think, put yourself in the, in the shoes of that, of that son. I mean, what he just did. Big deal. And he comes back and, do you remember when you did that? When you, when you made the mistake? When you, when you did what, something you shouldn't have done? You knew you had the advice. You still did it. And you heard those words, I forgive you. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're not. I, I don't know. This could not have been easy. The son was basically wishing his father dead. He was saying, I want the inheritance before you're dead. I don't want a relationship with you. I just want you to give me what, what, what comes to me. There's a lot more history and background in this story. And I, I would recommend that anyone read Timothy Keller's uh, The Prodigal God. It's a very good story. Uh, he tells it a lot better than I do. Uh, but this morning, I want to get to the heart of the story. And in turn, we, we're in our series on local missions. And I thought, well, what does that look like? Local missions. Because I, I know we support local missions. But what, that, what does that look like for all of us all the time? Uh, to the Father, we see that it represents forgiveness. Forgiveness at, at the first sign of repentance. This son has not proven himself. He, he's coming back, but he hasn't shown he's changed his ways. He, he, he embarrassed the family. And there's a good chance he's going to do it again next week or next month, or next year. But as you know, just, just not everyone is, is, is so forgiving. I mean, we, we're surrounded. It's hard. It's hard to forgive, and, and we know that. And we understand when someone else doesn't forgive. And in this story, we see that he had an older brother, and, and so the younger brother comes home. Well, how would you react when your younger brother comes home? It says this, verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you, get, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father, said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. 
he was lost and is found. Now, in that book, The Prodigal God, I'm going to steal uh, a couple of things here. Timothy Keller, the author, he says that there's, there's two brothers, and, and really we are all, in a way, these two brothers. At, at certain times in our lives, we all could be either one, and it could be inside the church or out. You might be sitting next to a younger brother, or, or the older brother might have left the church angry. I, I don't know. But the older brother is about uh, moral conformity. The community around me, they, they have a certain image, and I'm going to do everything I can to fit that standard. I'm going to try to keep everyone happy. And then the, the younger brother, he's self-discovery. He's going to figure out a different way because I don't really like the way everyone else is doing it. And I, I don't know which, which one is worse at, at, at times. Um, so I would ask, which one is the, be, the better brother? And, and I, there's really there's not a, a good answer there because, like I said, the older brother... It might, be, it might be you. The younger brother might be you. It, it's not about being in the church or not. So the older brother, he's basically saying, I've been coming to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm giving, I'm serving, and this guy does whatever he wants, and, and, and guess what? He gets better treatment than I do. He's upset about that. Like, I could have gone a lot of places with, this, with uh, local missions. Like I said, we support local missions, and I wanted to, to briefly say, say who we're supporting. We support Little Galilee Christian Camp. They teach children about Jesus. We support Lincoln Christian University. Uh, they're about biblical education and a Christian worldview. We support Illini Christian Ministries, who focus on caring for at-risk children while preserving families. Am I done? Cut me off here. <laughs> we support Inner City Mission, um, providing, they, it says they, are, they provide shelter, sustenance, education, and Christian counseling to homeless children, their parents, and single women. And so we are reaching out and trying to help those people around us. We are trying to offer support. We support Momentum Christian Church. It's a church plant in Southern California. And I know that doesn't sound local, but these are our stateside missions. And next week you'll hear about the, the foreign missions. Local missions is also funeral dinners that we have right here. Uh, local missions is, is the, the food ministry that, that we uh, are, are taking to people in the community. Local missions is... Is sharing Jesus with the community. That's the heart of it. Local missions is not just finding our way. Like when I was little, I was just trying to find my way. But it's about, it's about finding our way together. Living life in a better way. It's loving your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and it's, it's realizing that the older brother in this story, even though he was right where he was supposed to be, he, he may have been just as far or farther away from God uh, than, than the younger brother. I may be just as lost as the person who is not here. So we, we have to see it a, a different way than being the older brother. It can't be about image and earning it. And there's a big difference between being the older brother. It's not all church people are older brothers. If you accept the gospel, if you're God-fearing, if, 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 if you believe that it's not about image and earning it yourself and just fitting the part, well, then you're not the older brother. You can come to church. We still want people in church. I don't want this to be church and non-church, good and bad. Um, but we can't be the younger brother either. The goal cannot be, how far can I fall before I come back to the church? Maybe I'll have a really good story that I can share. Now, that can't be the goal. The goal is to have the heart, not like the younger brother, not like the older brother, but in this story, like the father. The father sent a perfect older brother in Jesus. Now, look at these, these two parables before. I'll just briefly mention them. Um, 
he started out with this parable of the lost sheep. And, and one sheep got away. And, and we sang, it was in our song, he left, the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one. Someone in that story went out to try to find the lost. Then the next story, the parable of the lost coin. There's one lost coin. She, the woman tears apart everything to try to find it. So in those first two parables, we see that there's something lost and someone goes after it. And in this story, the younger brother is lost. And who goes after him? No one. Jesus told this story and he knew that the, the, the Pharisees uh, were listening, the teachers, the religious people were listening to this story. And, and so really, he was, I think he was telling them, this was your responsibility. You were supposed to go out to the younger brother, but you didn't do it. Even back to Cain and Abel, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes, we are. And so we don't do this. And then because sometimes we don't offer this forgiveness and, and education and support and hope in a better way, we get upset, though. Why do they keep living the way they do? I just want them to, to come back. I don't want them to keep living in, living in, this, in this lifestyle. What's wrong with them? Maybe it's us. Maybe we're not doing our part. We must love both brothers because we don't know which one is sitting right next to us and which one is, is not coming into church at all. We affirm these people. Uh, we don't reject them. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything someone does. In this story here, the younger brother left. He wasted everything, and he, he lived with prostitutes. Did, did the father say, no, it's okay. I'm, it's fine that you, that you wasted your whole inheritance which was a third of, of his wealth, the father's wealth. It's, it's fine that you lived with prostitutes. That's no worries. No, he didn't do any of that. But did he affirm him? He ran to him. He told him that he, he showed him that he still, he still mattered as a person. He showed him that he still loved him. We don't have to affirm everything to affirm the value of a person and, and for people to know that they matter just as much, no matter what they did or no matter what they've gone through. We can love people through educating them. Pretty, maybe seems like a small thing, but that's why we have Sunday school and financial peace and marriage counseling. We're trying to help people and support them to know that there is a better way. We, we can love people through mentoring. There's a lot of people in here who have gone through a lot, and you can use your experiences to help someone else who's going through it now, and, and I know that happens. We can love people through serving them. What can I do that, that they can't? Uh, how can I help that person? And most of all, like the Father, we can love them through forgiveness. Like the Father loved the Son. We can't just tell them, though. We have to live it out. It, it may make a difference. See, right now, um, what if I could help someone today? I can make a difference in someone's life who, uh, this, this guy is not a good father, and he's, he's mean to his kids. And, and what if I could help him to not be like that? If I don't, maybe in 20 years, he marries my daughter. And he's a horrible husband to her. And he treats her ways that she should not be treated. What if I would have stepped in and made a difference in that man's life? Would I have, would I have helped that family? Could I be helping my daughter indirectly in 20 years? Maybe we stop the next abusive relationship or the next addiction. Maybe we stop the next shooting. We see those every week. Who didn't step in and support that person who needed help at that moment? All we have to do is live the way God told us to live. Follow this example from Jesus. Now, I know a lot of people who I'm, I'm confident that they needed someone to step in and help out. A man on the verge of losing his family, just hoping to break his addiction somehow. 
a woman desperately needing support, but not knowing where to turn to, and a child needing hope that life will not always be this way. Yesterday, uh, and just back there, J.C. Coogan spoke and shared his testimony at the men's breakfast. Uh, he shared the love, and the love and support that he felt from the community and especially from the church community. We need that. I've seen and felt great support from many people. And I've also seen when the support didn't come. And I'm telling you, the support has to come. We can't sit here and, and play church and let people around us suffer and not go out to them. This is Jesus' story. He, these are his words. It's in red in my Bible because Jesus said it. This is his way. I read this little introduction in a book. It says, I was hungry and you formed a humanities club to discuss my hunger. Thank you. I was imprisoned and you crept, you crept off quietly to your chapel to pray for my release. Nice. I was naked and in your mind you debated the morality of my appearance. What good did I do? I was sick and you knelt and thanked God for your health. I needed you. I was homeless and you preached to me of the shelter of the love of God. I wish you'd taken me home. I was lonely and you left me alone to pray for me. Why didn't you stay? You seem so holy, so close to God, but I'm still very hungry, lonely, cold, and still in pain. Does it matter? This cannot be the description of Mount Pulaski Christian Church, or, or any church for that matter. I don't believe this is the description of this church, but I, I, I know how easy it is for churches to move in that direction, to, to, close, the, to close the doors, to put the walls up, and, and to just live our life in here and help each other. But forget about those outside of the church. We have to help the hungry and the imprisoned and the poor and the sick and the homeless and the lonely, just like in those little stories. They might be in our church, they might be in the schools, they might be in the restaurants, they might be at the bars, they might be at home alone. I don't know where they are, but from this story, we find them. We go to them, and we live life with them. We don't want to become the younger brother, that's not the goal, but we can't sit here and be the older brother either. Now, I have to be honest, sometimes I'm scared of the older brother. Uh, they can be intimidating. There are some people in this town who I love very much, and, and, I, and I want them to know Jesus better. I want them to know this way of life a little better. And, and when I considered moving back to Mount Pulaski, I just thought, you know, if I, if I do, I'm going to have some huge opportunities to reach out to some people who they probably just need to know, know this a little more. But because of my fear of the older brother, I've probably wasted most of this last year that I've been here by not going and sharing the gospel with these people. Now, I have to emphasize again that the younger brothers are not worse than the older brothers. They're just trying to find their way, and they don't always look the same as us. But full transparency, I don't usually go to the, the younger brother because I think most of the time, or much of the time at least, they're around places with alcohol. And I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about what people will think. I've been invited by, by friends, some people from in, inside the church and some people that don't come to the church, uh, to go up to the bar. And I don't think living at the bar is, is a good idea. I'm gonna, I, want, I want that to be clear. I think it's poor stewardship of time and money, and it can hurt our health. But that's not why I didn't go. I wasn't worried about any of those things at the time. I passed on these invitations because of my image. What would the church think? More specifically, what would the older brother think? Now, looking back, I, I wish I would have said yes. 
And honestly, next time I probably will. I just, I just want that to be out there. Could that have possibly been a personal invitation to a local mission of unreached people? Now, I'm not saying the people who invited me were unreached, but how many people are in, that, in those bars hurting, suffering, needing support, needing love, and, and it doesn't come? It has to come. I've been an older brother, and like him, I haven't gone to my younger brothers. And probably many of those people in this small town, probably your friends, your neighbors, maybe your kids or your grandkids, I've let you down by not going to them because I'm worried about what, what some people might think. Now, do you remember how this whole story started? Verse 1, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's my hope for this church, that we live like Jesus did. It's not my campaign ad, it's my heart. I don't want my kids growing up to be the older brothers. I don't want them to think that, that they have to maintain a certain image, and if they don't, yeah, they're, they're going to hear about it. They better not let me down. I don't want my kids to feel so much pressure that they have to choose. Am I going to be the older brother? Am I going to maintain this image? I don't really understand it, but I have to maintain this image because I can't let anyone down. I don't want them to have to choose between that or, you know what, there's too much pressure. I'm out of here. I'm leaving the church. We don't want our kids to do that. And in order for that to not happen, we have to break the walls down. We have to, we have to get rid of, of what's keeping the insiders and the outsiders apart. It's, I, I think from this, it's, it's image. It's, it's worrying about what other people will think. Now, I want to be the senior minister here for the next 30 plus years, but only if we can reach the lost. Only if we can live life together, older and younger brother. Too many people are, are hurting and lost and, and maybe even going to hell, and I'm just worried about my image, so I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to reach out to them. If, I'm, if I spend time with that person or at that house or if I walk into the bar, what will people think of me? I don't want that. I'd honestly rather be voted down this morning if, if, if the church doesn't want that kind of outreach to this community. There's 1,500 people or, or less in this town, and I think we can find most of them at the schools, the churches, the restaurants, and the bars. Where do most of the unchurched and hurting people spend most of their time? They might be right next to us, but I'd, I'd venture to say that most of our younger people, it's not, it's not in here. We know that. Whether you're in church every Sunday or, or twice a year or, or not at all, I want every person in this community to know that you are loved, that you are valued, and that you know Jesus. I don't want to talk about this guy or, or that guy and how bad people are. No, let's just love them together. Let's show them a better way. No more insiders and outsiders. Getting, to that, pers getting that person to church might be a start, but we know we have to show them Jesus. And, and we're going to have to live the way he did for that to happen. We have to tell them the story of the father who's running to them. All you really have to do is remember this story in Luke 15 and say, here, read this. This is who God is. This father, that's God. Just, just read that. The son's value stayed the same, even after he left. In the father's eyes, the son still seemed to have the same value. The father's love appears to have stayed the exact same, regardless of what his son did. 
We have to run to them. This morning, the invitation I have is not for the lost, as there will be plenty of those, uh, maybe, if you guys vote me in. Um, but instead, instead I ask, you Christians, will you join me in, in supporting and loving and, and educating and most of all, going to the lost like Jesus did for us, who left heaven and came straight to us sinners and offered us truth and, and hope and forgiveness. Will we do the same? Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you so much that you didn't leave us alone. Uh, in, our, in our broken and, 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 uh, and dirty world, you still came to us and walked with us and offered us forgiveness and hope and you showed us how much value and that we have and how much uh, you love us and it wasn't easy and so i pray uh, as we move forward as a church that we continue to do the same uh, regardless of the sacrifice or or what people might think uh, that we move forward loving loving everyone uh, whether they're in the church or not god i thank you so much uh, that you did that for us in jesus name i pray